Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back. The second show of 2022, Feeling It, 222. Are you going to keep counting like yeah, I'm going to just go. Just keep counting until the 45th show of 2022. <laughs> wow, We're that back. Would, that would be annoying. The 65th. <laughs> I mean, we've done so many shows at this point. If you could guess how many shows we've done over the past oh. three years, what do you think? Have Have we at least reached well, 500? We should have. I mean, yeah, we're, probably we're here because weekdays it's every besides day. weekends. Yeah, so if you do math. Not good at math, quick. <laughs> Do you know the number? Is this why you brought it up? No. You're just throwing it out there without the answer. Well, you brought it up when you made the uh, the. You the know, number. I actually, speaking of numbers, what? I had this weird thought because thoughts pop okay. in my head. Tell all me the time, more. That wouldn't it be, would it be more harsh if we called the COVID variants by number? Maybe we'd kind of, it would hit us how long this has been happening versus a, a like fun, an a iPhone name. 14? Yeah. Maybe it'd be like, 14 of these? <laughs> like, really? Like, why add another name? We're Let's call it what it is. No. This is round 14. No, At a certain point, we're going to get sick of this. So you want us to be on COVID variant 64? Oh, I just want it to be, uh, us to be honest with ourselves. Are you eating Brussels sprouts? No, I have a little quinoa thing. Oh, I smell it. Anyway. It is really all in the room. Come on, I was in my flow with the I'm number I'm sorry. Thing. It's the smells of the greens. All right. Well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots coming up on the show. We've got updates on the nation's only major transgender study in 30 minutes, plus how to make working from home fun again. That's at 4.25 p.m. Pacific. It was never fun in the beginning. 7.25 p.m. Eastern. I I disagree, but I also have, I, I know there's privilege around that because I enjoy being in my, bub, my own little bubble of a home. Coming from the person who was literally in their house for the past month. Yeah, as as long as I could take some walks and go outside, I but I enjoy working from home. I also let's also mention I don't have kids. True. So yeah, that's to be clear a very, again, very privileged the place. Privilege. Because let's talk about having kids. Because my dog, <laughs> of course, Coco the child. Because Coco currently is going through it. I don't know what happened, but she woke up this morning just really exploding. If okay. You know what I mean. Well, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What's trending this hour right now? President Biden announced his administration will double its order of Pfizer COVID treatment pill courses from 10 million to 20 million doses. Today, I'm directing my team to work with Pfizer to double our order from 10 million to 20 million treatment courses to be delivered in the months ahead. We may need even more. That's the estimate we need right now. We've already placed the largest order in the world. Now I'm doubling that order. 
These pills are going to dramatically decrease decrease hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. Okay, so this treatment is called Paxlovid. It was 89% effective at preventing hospitalization and death from COVID in a study of more than 2,000 high-risk adults. The FDA cleared the treatment in December for patients 12 and older with mild to moderate COVID who are at high risk of hospitalization or death. And it's a twice-daily five-day treatment available for prescription only. Now, a record 4.5 million Americans voluntarily left their jobs in November, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This push... Uh, push the quits rate to 3%, matching the high from September. It's the great resignation. Yeah. I mean, should we follow along with that? <laughs> should we ask? We'll just report about it. <laughs> Workers were most likely to quit their jobs in the hospitality industry, which had by far the highest quits uh, at 6.1% in November, as well as those in healthcare. Can you imagine if we were to like, yeah, let's just uh, hang our headphones like, up. That'd be a viral moment. <laughs> <laughs> Radio show hosts talk about the quit rate and quit live and on quit. air. <laughs> air. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> um, hundreds of vehicles were trapped overnight in Virginia on icy Interstate 95. This story is wild. In some cases, for more than 20 hours, according to some drivers, following a vehicle crash, crash that shut down 50 miles of the roadway near Fredericksburg amid heavy winter snowfall. That is just wild. I can't believe that. How is that even possible? Yeah, it's actually so scary. Um, also, it's scary because I'm watching this new show called Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Um, and literally, it's about being stranded. And being stranded somewhere is like one of my worst nightmares. Being stranded in an elevator is probably Really? Wrong. Yeah. An elevator? Why an elevator? Because then it either could fall and then you it's that fall like we did at Disneyland. Well, it depends on how how. Exactly. You know, or you you're are. just stuck there and it's like a small enclosed space. Like, I need airflow. Yeah, you, yeah, you're very big I on airflow. I need airflow. It's intense. We have more details on the story, the one happening in Virginia, not our fears, uh, in 15 minutes. <laughs> Maybe more about our fears, actually. Uh, what's happening in entertainment news now, Ryan? It's a new year, and there's more drama in the Kardashian world. Honey, let's get into it. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. If you missed it, um, Tristan Thompson, of course, last year, we talked about it here on the T-Report, that there was some drama with him and this new baby mama. Of course, he cheated on Chloe again, and there, you know, she was going public about um, that he was the father and he was denying it. It was a whole thing. Well, honey, a plot twist that we all knew was coming. Tristan Thompson confirmed via his Instagram uh, that he fathered a baby boy with um, Amara Lee Nichols alongside a sincere apology to his ex and other baby mama, Khloe Kardashian. He said this, quote, Today paternity test results revealed that I fathered a child with... um, um, Whatever her name is. Um, He says, I take full responsibility for my actions now that... Uh, paternity has been established, and I look forward to amicably oh, raising God. our son. Um, and then in the second slide, he said, Chloe, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve the heartache and humiliation I have caused you. You don't deserve the way I have treated you over the years. And then not even 
to like, let's just add to this dumpster fire because our ex, um, Chloe's ex, Lamar Odom, jumped into this because he saw it on Facebook and and commented on a Facebook post about this, saying, "I truly wish nothing uh, but the best for her, and I'm hoping we can reconnect and talk one day as friends. She is a good person and deserves the world." All these men saying she deserves so much goodness all treated her like crap. So honestly, Lamar, please go away. Tristan, shut up. When you're talking about a paternity test, the results were revealed. They were pretty much revealed when you stuck your penis inside of her. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> today it was revealed that I did not have sex responsibly. Like, of co- like, it's like, what were you thinking? And then to like humiliate her, you don't yeah, want to. The whole you- thing is a mess. It's like you're publicly talking about it's it. Don't so apologize bad. to me. Yeah, I mean, I I feel bad for her. She does deserve better, and I hope she just figures it out and dates better men. I mean, men that aren't in the spotlight already and not in, obviously, athletes. Yeah, I don't know. You have to find a new dating pool. Yep, it sucks. So um, that's your tea report. We got more coming uh, with trending, uh, you know, the trending news. And then, of course, the tea report, top of the hour, on the hour, every hour. So stick around for that. Well, next up, the storm that left drivers stranded on a highway overnight. More details with the Washington Post next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, Interstate 95 in Virginia is still blocked after a shutdown stranded cars and trucks for 48 miles south of Washington. Imagine that happening. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Well, being from the South, um, it's like, depending on where you're at, it will snow. Like, I've never been in anything like this uh, where it's intensely snowing and then you're just stuck. I'm just trying to figure out how did that, I I mean, it it all happened. Like, did people realize, oh, we're getting stuck here? Like, what was the first person? Yeah, exactly. They were stuck there for more than 24 hours. We want to hear more. There are more details coming out. Uh, Dana Hedgepath joins us right now, a reporter covering local breaking news at the Washington Post. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So really appreciate it. Yeah, let's break down what happened. Like, how does this even happen? I get a storm hits and you get stuck, but for this long? It is remarkable. Um, you know, of course, everyone can play, you know, Monday morning quarterback and point the fingers, um, which is already starting to happen at Virginia Department of Transportation and the Emergency Services Department and local uh, county uh, agencies. It, it's it's a spillover, and I'm sure there'll be many looks into this at both the several levels. But basically, I mean, the, we all knew it was going to snow along the mid-Atlantic area and get hit pretty hard, but things never seem as bad as they are until they really are bad. Um, the governor of Virginia made an interesting comment. Maybe it was a little offhanded saying, well, we did warn you motorists to stay home. Well, that does seem stinging and a little biting and maybe not the most uh, compassionate. It is true in part that, um, you know, there were reports the night before and early on saying, the best and safest thing to do is to stay off the road. That said, folks want to get to where they're going, uh, which is was sort of the Virginia Department of Transportation's response is that they were questioned a lot today at their press conference of why didn't you shut down the highway sooner? And their answer was a little marble mouth. And basically they said we were trying to satisfy people by keeping it open so drivers could get to where they're going to go. Um, again, you know, it's tough to say. I don't think anyone was right. Um, I don't think anybody was wrong. Weather is unpredictable. We don't right. get heavy storms like this that often, thankfully. Um, 
you know, some people were piping into me this morning saying, oh, they should send snowmobiles to rescue people with medical issues. The problem is the state doesn't have a fleet of snowmobiles on hand. This is not Michigan. Okay. <laughs> so we don't have that kind of equipment. It's really easy to sit on the sidelines in our warm and cozy homes. Um, and if they had it, I think they would have thunk of it. I mean, not to be rude to that awesome reader. Great idea, but this ain't Michigan, honey. So we don't have just that kind of equipment sitting around. I talked to Virginia Department of Transportation very early uh, yesterday morning. Early my time is about 8 o'clock. I start my day at 4 a.m. Um, but they were on it. They had trucks out. Every jurisdiction in the area right. was tweeting about they were prepared. Again, they thought where they were prepared. Can you always be prepared? Uh, you know, that's questionable. Yeah, Again, we don't often get this much snow. Yeah. It lasted for a long time. We had thunder snow. And then the problem is once you have a traffic jam, I spent years as a traffic reporter. When one jet tractor trailer jackknifes, that's an uh-oh, oops. And then when two, three, four, five, six, you got a real holy smokes problem. <laughs> you cannot just pick up a tractor trailer yeah. like my kids' toys and set it upright. It's not that simple even on a dry day. Wow. And when you've got 12 feet of snow and four inches of ice mixed in with there, I mean, heaven forbid the poor tow truck guys, they're slipping and sliding on the side to even get there. I talked to a family that was stuck for more than 19 hours this morning at 9.30. Overnight, they saw one tow truck driver, and he couldn't get through. Well, of course and not. And, and that's the thing, because so like, I, I was wondering what, like uh, Senator Tim Kaine, who was 21 hours into his normally yeah. two-hour drive, I'm like, so does someone like him, does he get like special privilege, or is he out there with them as well? Just a no. Senator Kaine tweeted about mid-morning this morning that he was stuck and had been out there all night in his car wow. and turned it off and on and slept about 10 or 15 minutes at a time because he was so cold. Many people were doing that, of just turning their cars on briefly to warm themselves up, charge phones, and then turn it off to save gas. What about um, food He got and no drink? special treatment. Yeah. I'm not sure that anybody knew. He didn't publicize it widely, but he was there. And honestly, I would imagine for him and like the family I talked to, I don't think people realized that they were going to get stuck all night. The yeah. family I talked to mm-hmm. left their home in Farmville, Virginia, not too far from the outside of Richmond and they there was some stop and go at like 1230 ish and then at 230 ish and they thought okay they heard on the radio that there were tractor trailer crashes they're thinking bad backups we've all driven I-95 my family's from North Carolina I was just down there Christmas week I know that area well you think okay it's bad I'm gonna be two or three hours late but when it started to get dark that's when people went uh-oh and you know it gets dark really early now at 430 yeah. and by 4.30-ish, the family I talked to, they said they were in a parking lot. And they it's really started to stop. And then by 7, it just didn't move anymore. 7 p.m. last night. Well, hopefully um, everyone's uh, safe. And we really everyone appreciate is safe you to, joining us. Well, everyone is safe. They're mm-hmm. out of abandoned cars. I just checked with Department of Transportation. And now they're working to do the cleanup of getting cars that people abandoned on the side of the road. Either they ran out of gas or they got out and walked. Wow. Um, they're working overnight they to try to get those cars and vehicles off the roadway. And they say, fingers crossed, they're going to have it open tomorrow morning. Okay. Wow. Well, thank you for the update. That was Dina Hedgepath. But everyone be safe. Yes. When they say stay off the roads, they really mean stay off the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. for and, sure. And continue following Dina's coverage on The Washington Post around all of this and more. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Be safe. You too. Wow, in more ways than none. I mean, it, it, like.
Like, I mean, she at one point, I feel like she perfectly described this, like I mean, going into this year, last year. Uh, okay, and next up, we're shifting gears. More details on the nation's only major transgender study after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. After two years of delays, the work on the only comprehensive study of transgender life has restarted, according to the National Center for Transgender Equality. And joining us to share more is Josie Caballero, who's a project manager of the U.S. Trans of the U.S. Trans Survey for the National Center for Transgender Equality. We're getting right to the source. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay, well, we got to know why it took so long, and we're happy that it's starting up again. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, just like everything else in our lives, everything kind of slowed down and turned upside down because of the COVID pandemic that was in 2020, um, as well as a reorganization at NCTE itself. But really, it was the delay was the fact that we were dealing with a once in a lifetime pandemic and we still are to this day. And we wanted to make sure that when we had this survey be filled that it really reflects the experiences of trans people living in the United States. So, so we as, as researchers decided, well, let's wait and give trans people the ability to have a full year experience after the initial year to actually get a good judge of where this data point is post um, or I guess during the pandemic. Yeah. And I wonder, especially now that we we're still in the pandemic, are you adding things to, you know, the study and the, the survey for, for it to kind of be updated and matched? Yes, absolutely. And it's one of the big it's one of the biggest additions to the survey is that we're actually asking questions about COVID and how uh, that experience was kind of with trans people and how because we haven't had an opportunity to ask trans people in our community how has the pandemic been for you? And so we're really excited to be adding that to the survey as well as the fact that 
we have dealt with an unprecedented amount of laws across the country that go against trans people with sports in particular. So we are actually having the ability to ask more sports questions. And we were able to bring the study age down from 18 to 16. So now if you're 16 and above, you can now contribute your story to the survey. Amazing. And now how long will this process be? Like, when will we see those results? Oh, so we're going to be starting to see results at oh, coming toward the end of this year. So once we get the data fielded and we start getting the preliminary results, we are have we are we are expecting to have solid data coming out at the end of this year. So how does this data, and I feel like it's kind of self-explanatory, but it, even for people who don't know, how does this data really help everyday trans folks' lives, especially if they're living in, in states where there's so much anti-trans legislation that's taking place? How can this data really, you know, combat that? Absolutely. Well, as you know, the federal surveys really don't ask a lot about trans people. So there's kind of a little bit of a data erasure that has been going on. So what we have done is we've created this study to show and represent and what it's like to live as a trans person in the United States. And one of the things that we are doing, just like we did in the last survey, is breaking out every single report to the actual demographic groups. So black, indigenous, people of color, and and people who are living with HIV AIDS, as well as people living in rural areas and older trans adults are gonna have their own reports they can have as a tool in their belt to advocate. Uh, advocate. So the report data from 2015 has been used to educate educators, researchers, inform policymakers to actually make informed decisions on laws so we can actually use this for advocacy. But one thing in particular is that this data at a local level can be used by local organizations to prove the point on why they need these grants from founders and funders. So so this is so this is something that has been used and what's really exciting about this is that this iteration of this survey is really a community-led survey and we have amazing partners such as the Black Trans Advocacy Coalition, Trans Latina Coalition, and Incapia, as well as a host of over 150 organizations across the country that are working on this as a combined effort. It's actually quite amazing. Oh, I love it. And, and so we are wrapping, but is there a place where people can find out more and get involved? Absolutely. Um, so if you are trans or somebody who thinks that they might be or will be, uh, you can pledge to take the survey now at USTransSurvey.org. And that's USTransSurvey.org. And you can also find the reports from the last survey in 2015 if you're, if you're curious to see how this data is used and seen. Amazing. And we'll be putting that on our site at WeAreChannelQ.com as well. Thank you so much. Uh, that was Josie yeah, Caballero thank you. Uh, from the National Center for Transgender Equality. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, coming up, a new poll that reveals Americans are literally going crazy, it seems, or maybe at least sociopaths. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, this is interesting. 34% of Americans say violence against government is sometimes justified, according to a new poll. Uh, Which, I feel like I'm wondering if this is like the beginning of the end for us. Like, if we are officially going crazy. Well, to be more specific about it, I 
I think it's um, very telling. Oh yeah. Uh, that we have reached this point, especially ahead of the one year anniversary of the insurrection that's coming up literally on the sixth, and can't believe how much has changed. Um, I know uh, former president disgraced. President Donald Trump is going to be making a press conference and doing a like a press conference on that day. I don't know what he's going yeah. to say, but he's probably going to be saying more lies, of course. Stop. Um, but these surveys for me, I try not to pay too much attention to them because normally these surveys, like this survey specifically, it was only conducted among like a thousand adults online and by phone. That's not even a lot of people. Um yeah. And even that has a margin of sampling error of plus or minus 4% points. So it's kind of like you just don't really know. Now, there's a couple of, there's another survey that this um, CNN, they talk about that CBS and YouGov conducted, which is really interesting. Um, and that was was about like 62% of Americans said they think that Trump should not seek the presidency again, while 26% said that he should run in 2024. My only thing is, I don't know if there's really any thing for, you know, violence, like if there's any justification for violence, um, especially not with what Republicans did. Like that was just wild. People lost their lives. I mean, the, you said those numbers, which... Um is interesting. I thought it was also interesting that they said 62% of Americans said they expect violence over losing in future presidential elections, which is very telling to what we've created as a a new norm here, right, in the U.S., which it's these types of actions we've seen in other countries that don't have a democracy, to be clear, but we're now seeing it here. I mean, it's not shocking. It's just people thinking that they're, I mean, really, if I'm being honest, all this is rooted in people wanting to feel oppressed, especially when it comes to these like extremist right folks who were the, the, you know, in all honesty, terrorists that before the insurrectionists that did what they did on January 6th of 2020. They want to feel so oppressed. They want to feel that something's wrong with them or they're losing their staple here um, their place here in this country. And I think that's what caused it. it was just one big temper tantrum. But how much longer are we going to allow that to happen? Especially as we reflect on the year, a year ago, this happened. We were here in this studio talking about it. And so I don't know. Well, this, these, I'm trying not to take too much of these polls just because it is a small amount of people, yeah. but it does say something. It does. Well, next up, we are moving on. Why Jon Stewart is calling out the Harry Potter series. That is next and more on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, we are back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q and more show right now. Why Jon Stewart has an issue with the Harry Potter series. He's calling it out now. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Plus... Plus, we've got updates on the 90 Day Fiance star who um, made six figures selling her farts. <laughs> Perhaps. We might not cover the story, but, you know, it's very intriguing. <laughs> it's very intriguing. I'm still fascinated by the fact that this person was making six figures doing that. But anyway. All right, let's get into some what's trending this, na- uh, uh, this hour right now. Sorry. Jeopardy champion Amy Schneider, who's the first trans contestant who resides in Oakland, California, revealed on Twitter that she was robbed of some of her personal belongings. She said, hi, also, first off, I'm fine. 
but I got robbed yesterday, lost my ID, credit cards, and phone. I then couldn't really sleep last night and have been dragging myself around all day trying to replace everything. In a second tweet, she noted she'd likely be unable to start writing tonight's game thread because of the robbery, and if I keep winning, it may take a bit for me to get caught up. Thanks to your patience. Wow, really unfortunate, and I hope she uh, figures that out. She does not deserve all this stress, that's for sure. I agree. Now, Senator Joe Manchin still seems reluctant to support an exemption to the filibuster to pass voting rights legislation, and here's what he had to share and why. To being open to uh, a rules change that would... Uh, create a nuclear option, uh, it, it's, it's a very, very difficult, so it's a heavy lift. And the reason I say it's a heavy lift is that once uh, you change uh, a rule or you have a carve-out, and I've always said this, anytime there's a, a, a carve-out, uh, you eat the whole turkey. <laughs> there's nothing left because it comes back and forth. What are you talking about, Joe Manchin? No one knows. Stop with the metaphors. <laughs> Just do your job and ha- let's move on with our lives, please. Oh, my God. I just want people to stop talking to him. Yeah, and he knows it. He's like the spot uh, in the spotlight right now, right? Now, Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes was convicted yesterday of four federal charges of fraud for exaggerating to investors that her blood testing company's machines, uh, what they could do, how much money the company could earn, and how widely the machines were being used. A complete fraud. She faces a maximum of 20 years in prison per charge likely to be served concurrently. So this has been a big trial and story. And I think Jennifer Lawrence is going to play her supposedly in a movie soon. Is that? Did that not already happen? I feel like that already happened. That's, I didn't see it. Let me look it up. I remember uh, seeing, um, what's your faces? Like, uh, what's the big billboards about it? Oh, really? No, there was an, a documentary, I think. Oh, uh, maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still coming out very soon. Oh, wow. Actually, Adam McKay, who did uh, Don't Look Up, wrote and directed that. Oh, uh, he's so it won't be casting, good. You know, so it won't be he's good. He's ca- casting her in that, too. So it seems like, you know, doing a lot of work with Jennifer Lawrence. Because Don't Look Up was an awful movie. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. It was one of the better movies out during the holidays. It wasn't. There was so much more. Okay, well, let's do a Ryan Recommends, please, because I need new stuff to watch. No, I got other things to talk about. Okay, um, moving on. You ready for me? Yes. Okay, let's... <laughs> John Stewart has a major problem with the Harry Potter series. Um, let's talk about it. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So John has questioned uh, the basically controversial author's use of what he called an anti-Semitic trope in her goblin characters. Um, the franchise probably features a goblin banker that runs uh, the the bank, the Wizarding Bank. It has a specific name, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, that Stewart recently claimed resembles an anti-Semitic caricature of the Jewish community. He said this in a new episode on his podcast. He said, here's how you know Jews are still where they are. Uh, he said, it was one of those things where I saw it on the screen and I was expecting the crowd to be like, holy crap. She, meaning J.K. Rowling, did not, in a wizarding world, just throw Jews in there to run the <laughs> the effing underground bank. And everybody was just like wizards. It was so weird. I, so... I don't really, I don't really understand what he was seeing, and I don't, and that's a, that's another thing. Like, and he was saying that he even saw in a, a history book, like when it comes to like 
Um, there's like a history book of like why this was such a caricature because it looked like it was a caricature from an anti-Semitic piece of literature that he was familiar with. Uh-huh. And I guess that was like something that was really upsetting for him. goblins have big noses. Yeah, By the way, I could say do. this now because I'm a Jew. So I could say this. I think everyone listening may know you are a Jew. I don't know. We've talked about it. Uh, there could be new listeners. We've even talked about how you felt like you weren't Jewy enough. That Once again, uh, I don't even know what episode that was. <laughs> but yeah, so I could see maybe if you really look into it, the goblins, like, you know what I mean? All that connected. But I don't know. I mean, is that true? Is she anti-Semitic? Well, I mean, J.K. Rowling is a whole bunch of things. So maybe. Let's add that to the list of things. I wouldn't be shocked. But maybe this is coming up because, you know, I did say I I just recently watched uh, the HBO documentary, the reunion special, Harry Potter Uh reunion special. It was about two hours. Yes, how was it? It was absolutely incredible. I I, um, had moments of chills. I had moments of memories that just came flooding back. Um, You know, it's unfortunate that J.K. Rowling is the person that created it because what a special series it is. Um, you, you know, but I, I I don't know. It's really interesting. I just thought, you know, he really slammed this whole thing and I'm just like, I don't see it, but I'm not Jewish, so maybe that's the issue. I'll look into it, right? Yes, please do. That is your tea report. <laughs> we got more coming up next hour on the hour with the rest of the trending topics as well. Well, with schools back in session, advocates are fearing for students. We'll tell you why after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. As we know, schools have been dealing with many issues, staff shortages, COVID mandate battles, sickness, quarantines. I mean, the list goes on and on. Now, many are actually worried about student discipline issues, including violence that's on the rise at schools. 
during this whole pandemic. And joining us to share more is Aaron Einhorn, national education reporter for NBC News Digital. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, so what is exactly is happening? How are they seeing this violence increase? Is it just uh, in one certain areas or are we seeing this across the board? I mean, I think there's a lot of different forces colliding at schools. I mean, you mentioned kind of a lot of the stressful things going on. You know, you've got fights over masks, wearing and, you know, you know, COVID tests and quarantines. And then, you know, kids are stressed. Parents are stressed. Teachers are stressed. You know, you're 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 have you're seeing you know a lot of I mean a lot of I mean the, these last couple of years have been so stressful for kids and there's you know mental health issues and so a lot of kids are kind of acting out you know in in addition to the stress there's also social development issues you know if you spent you know all of seventh and eighth you know all of seventh grade at home uh, you know doing remote schooling you weren't interacting with your peers. You know, maybe you didn't learn some of those conflict management skills that you might have in normal times. And so, you know, you know, so a lot some schools, I mean, it's hard to know for sure because there's not great national data or there's not data yet as far as suspensions and expulsions. But, you know, advocates for students are are saying that they're they're hearing from more parents with concerns about their students being suspended or expelled. And just, you know, a lot of a lot of tension in schools and a lot of conflict in schools. And, and you know, there's some concern that right. this could be yet another pandemic consequence for the nation's most vulnerable kids. Yeah. And my thing is, are we are we seeing schools listening to these advocates of, you know, the student civil rights when it comes to that? Are, are they actually cooperating with them to try to find a common ground? I mean, I think some schools are, and some schools are really making a concerted effort. I mean, I, I collected data. I tried to collect data from the 20 largest school districts in the country and, and heard back from about 10 of them. You know, and so while some of them saw their um, some of them saw their suspensions and expulsions up, you know, quite a bit, uh, you know, others others managed to bring them down. You know, they're sort of sort of making a deliberate effort to do more restorative practices and things where, you know, to avoid suspensions because there's extensive research showing that suspensions can have all kinds of very serious long-term consequences for kids, including higher likelihood of dropping out, higher likelihood of involvement in the criminal justice system. Um, So there's been kind of a, a movement away from that. You know, but at the same time, schools right now are facing staffing shortages. You know, they might not have the counselors and the social workers they need to 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 meet all of the heightened social and emotional needs that kids are experiencing. And, you know, they might not have the 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 teachers aides to, put, you know, to to monitor the hallways or support kids with special needs and make sure their needs are getting met. And so that's going to lead to to problematic behaviors. And some educators, you know, suspension and expulsion is what they have if they don't have the tools to do other kinds of things at the moment. That's unfortunate. And I was going to say, and I don't know if there's an answer to this, like, how are they then dealing with this, knowing that it could lead to these issues, right, including for vulnerable students? Is there any solution here? Is anyone doing anything? I mean, I think lots of school districts are doing lots of different things, and some of them are doing a much better job than others. Some schools are, some school districts are really taking the lead as far as, you know, trying to establish, you know, one of the districts I mentioned in my story uh, on the subject 
this week, you know, is the Dallas Independent School District is is doing reset centers, you know, where where their kids are are going to go there and try to reset rather than face mm-hmm. consequences. I mean, that's an early thing, and you know, I don't know how well it's going yet necessarily, but you know, lots of different districts are trying different things. But again, they have to have the skills and the resources and the staff who know how to execute those things. You know, you can't. I've heard from a lot of teachers when their district establish restorative practices if they're not doing it right you know it just basically as the teachers those teachers see it you know maybe these kids are just getting away with it um you know you have to somehow address the underlying causes of the problematic behavior and you know these are very significant issues so it's not like you know a kid can see a counselor for 30 minutes and grate their fix you know they they have very serious mental health needs and you know schools have gotten a lot of resources this year from the covid relief funds but you know if you want to hire a counselor or a social worker in lots of parts of the country, those were shortage areas before the pandemic. So can you find that staff that you need to meet those needs? Yeah. And my thing is, if we go back, if the like, schools end up going back to kind of like remote learning, I mean, is that one of those things where were they having the same issues as they are in person than they were when it was like remote learning? Well, I think remote learning, you know, took a lot of kids out of the practice of being with their peers, you know, some, you know, I, I mean, I've seen it with my own kids, you know, they sort of forget how to, how to interact, um, you know, and they, you know, they, and especially districts that were closed for much of last school year, they came back to school year, students had been away from each other for a really long time, you know, and, the, and, you know, and, 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 you know, very, you know, they may have lost a, a loved one during the pandemic. They may have, their parents may have lost a job. They may be experiencing all kinds of different stress, stresses at home and, and trauma. Uh, and there's going to be some kind of response that's going to play out in the school. And it's playing out in the school at a time when the school's like already all, you know, stre- everybody's stressed out at school about the masks and the quarantines and the testing and the, you know, all that other stuff. And the fights over critical race theory and all those other tensions are kind of all landing at the schoolhouse door kind of all at once. And it's really a lot on the plate of educators who have to figure out how to keep their buildings safe definitely, um, and conducive to learning, you know, while at the same time, you know, if they're if they're suspending students and expelling students, Mm -hmm. that's going to have real consequences for those kids going forward. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. Well, thank you so much for your reporting about this and for joining us. That was Erin Einhorn, a national education reporter for NBC News Digital. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for uh, bringing light to this issue. Definitely. And we're continuing the conversation about uh, schools. Would you be okay with your child being given the vaccine at school without your consent, the COVID-19 vaccine? What happened at this one school in New York next? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so here's the thing about this crazy story that we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. So a New York teacher, now we we literally just talked about teachers and all the crazy stuff that they're going through, especially with the added weight and pressures of COVID, right? Yeah. Well, this New York teacher decided it would be a, a cool thing to inject a COVID vaccine into one of the, uh, the students without the parents' consent. And guess what? They are now being 
being arrested. They've already been arrested after she allegedly did this. Um, she gave a 17-year-old teen the shot at her home. And then the qu- teen quickly went home to go and inform his mother. That is messed up. All right. You know, we're obviously <laughs> pro-vaccine, but this is not the way to do it. And this puts a bad look on, on everyone and is just trying to get the country together. Yeah. And all of our health in order. Well, it reminds me of that wild story I remember last year of a nurse. I think it was like internet. It was an international story where a nurse was like injecting oh, the vaccine without with fake stuff. Yeah. It, was it wasn't even like I was, the actual I was going to say water. Yeah. No, yeah she I mean, it was something in there. And, and it yeah, wasn't the vaccine. Exactly. Um, and my thing is, I understand that a lot of teachers are. Um, very nervous and upset that they have to go in and they're trying to figure it out. But my thing is, why was the student at her home? Can we? Oh, there's add- many questions here. And then also, like, why did she think like that was okay? If I was that parent, oh my God, I, I mean, that school would not hear the end of There'd it. There'd be I would- so many layers of wrong. No, I, one, my child would probably already be vaccinated because he's in this person is in the 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 bracket to be vaccinated. But that's not the point. Why, what makes her the uh, uh, the authority or give her the authority to do something like that? What would you what would you do if you had a child? Because, I mean, you are trying to have kids. And yet, luckily, you're not having kids in this moment. Because uh, can no, you imagine? I, I yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's scary to think. And I feel so bad for everyone who's a parent who has children right now. Bless your soul. Bless you. Because you are just like doing God's work. At any rate, I feel like I just preached. I was like, what was that? I feel like I just, like, something else came out of me. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, if I found this out, I'd be pretty mad and angry. And uh, yeah, I I would think there's one, it's totally inappropriate, it's unprofessional. No boundaries. Obviously, a lack of boundaries. What else is this teacher doing? I don't even think it's, I mean, at this point, honestly... I just, I know how my mom was about, you know, because did you go to, when you were in Canada and you you were going to school, were your uh, teachers or your principals, were they allowed to spank you all? I don't remember getting touched at all by, like, maybe randomly when I was younger, like, if I did something, like, pull, like, your arm, they squeeze your arm and pull you, kind of. But. I, I did have uh, some teachers that were a bit verbal, like me, I mean, in well, that way. But. My only, because the reason why I asked that is because my schools in the South, um, you could get a, a written note, like a permission. They would send you home, like a, in the beginning of a school, they send home, per, uh, like, you know, things for parents to sign. <gasps> and you could, your parent could give the permission really? for the teacher or the principal office to paddle you if they fit, found, you know, that it was fit. And I remember they did not do that in Canada. I remember my mother being like, if anyone ever decided to touch you or do anything like that, please let me know. Because she had no problem with coming up to the school and handling some things. And for me, if this was to have happened to my child, there is just no way that. I mean, I would have set that. I would have set that whole school up. Yeah, I would have taken maybe the, the, my child out of the school. Like it would make me really question the entire school, not just the teacher. I don't know. I probably would have been locked up. I'm not gonna lie to you, because me and that teacher would have had words. And I think that teacher's like 54 or something. But I don't care, honey. You you would have what's coming to you. But then both of you get arrested. But at least I'm getting arrested because I'm you know I'm letting you know after you got a great ass whooping for not uh, you know I don't know taking agency of my child's body and and. 
vaccinating them without my permission. And how do you know they, yeah, what did they use? Yeah. And how did they, how do you know like, they did it properly? This feels like a Lifetime movie. Like she was about to lock that child up in her basement and keep him there forever. It just feels weird. And it's like, I, I want to understand the stresses and the anxiety that teachers are going through and understanding that. But like, there's a line. Please don't cross it. How traumatized would you be as a child if this happened? I mean, you're 17 at this point. I right, yeah, I guess a teenager. But even like, that's pretty. Maybe that they're 17. Sucks. Well, I need them to dig into this more because why was this 17 year old at her home? Unless she's a family friend, like I don't even know. Now you're adding lots of layers. Well, yeah, because I'm trying to figure out. When, I've never gone to a teacher's home. I did when I was younger. Really? I went to my theater teacher. Yeah, my theater teacher. She lived down the street, and we were like. Uh, she like would take you home after practice. No. <laughs> we like there was once or twice that I went over because I think I was waiting for my mom to pick me up and she had to leave. Anyway, anyway, listen. I, what would show. you be okay with this? What would you do? We want to hear from you, LGT show on social media. I don't know. Every episode of this this <laughs> this show, we find out more trauma that Shira <laughs> went through as a child. <laughs> Bless your heart. Okay, now, uh, next up, you might be able to find more at-home test kits out there at stores, but we'll tell you how things may change, okay, for those at-home test kits you want. That is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Have you been having a hard time finding COVID-19 at-home test kits? (laughs) Did you want to sound like a commercial? (laughs) (laughs) I just, I wasn't sure if that was what you were going for. Because here at Channel Q... (laughs) Sounded like one of them ads at like <laughs> 3 a.m. <laughs> like you just wake up randomly to go to the kitchen and get a snack and you your TV's on. It's like one of them like telemarketing ads. Dow 1 800. Thank get God you're COVID around because I would have kept going. I know. Maybe no one would have noticed. They'd been like, oh, you know, maybe I could get a COVID at home test kit. Yeah. No. <laughs> For the low price of, actually, <laughs> speaking of low price, so. All these stores, Walmart, Kroger, Amazon, they've been selling these, right, at cost with a discount of up to 35%. I didn't even realize Have you been able to find any, like, when you go to the stores and ask, like, have you been able to find some? It was hard when I had COVID right after Thanksgiving, and that was when the first, it was just starting to spike. Right right Right. when we first heard about Omicron. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, what's it called? The ground at the ground zero, the victim, not victim one. What's the word again, the saying? When you're the first? Oh, I don't... All right. Well, uh, I did go... Yeah, I went to a bunch of pharmacies, actually. Uh Me and my boyfriend had to go to a few places. We couldn't find any, and they all said that they were getting more in the next day. We had a hard time for those first few weeks after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then I finally, closer to Christmas, got a few. So wait, at that... When you were able to buy some, did you buy multiple ones, or did you just buy one? I bought two, but that's because I needed. But two. can were you allowed to? Did they? Yeah, you. Could, I think I could have bought as many as I wanted. See, now that's my issue. Well, no, I don't know if this is the thing. That's a problem. If you have a whole family or a party, and you're telling people where you're providing tests, you should be able to get a bunch of tests. Or if I have a company and I want to get tests for my team, no. 
Yeah. No, because then guess what? With, uh, there's so many other people who are not going to be able to get tests. That was my issue when I felt like everyone, including you, including other people I knew that was around me, I felt like everyone around me was getting, um, were getting tested positive, and I was just like, I can't even go to my local Rite Aid or Walgreens or Kroger's or any uh, anywhere to find a test, and it was just so difficult. Yeah. So here's the thing. That's annoying. But there's another reason to be annoyed because now Walmart said in a statement today to USA Today that they ended this program because I guess the Biden administration had this deal with all these stores to give discounts on the tests. Now they're going up in price. Like, what's the point? Does no one want us to get better? Like, does no one want us to 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 actually get out of this at it, this point? You want to help us? Like, clearly, because everyone is thinking about capitalism and trying to. I mean, there is an erectile dysfunction uh, company. Not they're they're tipping out of uh, helping people get up, but they're also like profiting off of selling like COVID nineteen tests. I saw it. I literally, it's been like everywhere. Everyone's been talking Wait, about what? it. What? It's an erectile dysfunction company okay. where they decided, oh, we have a there's a market here for more testing. Well, why not us like jump into the to the 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 the, the lane? And they came up with their own COVID nineteen. That's actually test. smart. It's like a clothing company that decides to make masks instead of clothes because no one's buying the clothes. Nah, I don't know. That is smart. That is smart. But they're business. hiking up the prices of their test. Yeah, That's so here's not okay. the thing. This is this needs to be regulated, including during an emergency. If we're a year out and we just, you know, you want to have COVID tests, do whatever. We are now in a national global emergency. Biden should be stepping back in, including now that we're having spikes and saying you can't this this discount one needs to uh, continue and you can't go over a certain price. Cuz this needs to be more accessible. In New York, I thought I heard that they were giving out tests for free. That's what they should be doing. Free tests. Well, for everyone. everyone should be doing that because other countries around the world are doing that, and we're the only ones where well, we're still having an issue with doing it. But it mm-hmm. seems like Biden, if you missed our headline from the top of the hour uh, in the two p.m., they uh, Biden's focused on pills instead of actually helping get get tests out there. So it's just like I don't I don't really know where everyone's focus is, but it's really frustrating when I can't even if I feel a tickle in my throat, I can't even go and get, purchase a test because Shira has bought seventy thousand of them. I bought two. One of them. <laughs> And I kept the other one just because I needed to do another test. Oh, whatever. <laughs> don't don't put any sort of things on me, any labels. Well, I'm done talking about this because guess what? We have a new song that we're about to play in the hour. Okay, we're going to be doing that. Plus, Andy Cohen is speaking out about his drunken New Year's Eve gig that I watched live. It was interesting. That mm-hmm. and more next. All right. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. 
As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hello. Yes, we're back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. And uh, I want to say hi to my mom listening in Hawaii live right now. Hey, hey, mamas. Hey, Carrie. What's going on? What? Did you just call your mama by her first oh. name? Hi. Do you know that is not okay? Well, I'm st- I am 28, <laughs> and my mom would never allow me to call her like Virginia or Jenny. Oh, that is like no, a but no, like, no. Yeah, you're right. That know, is such a. I don't no-no. know why I did that, but hi. Oh, uh, please call in to cuss your out. I do to. that to my dad because my dad and I work together a bit. And, and you call so your dad by his first name? Sometimes like on calls with other people I will say his first name. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because you don't want to be like, oh, that's my dad. Well. But like here I can't believe, oh my goodness. Wow. You know, we're very modern in my family. Progressive. Our, what you know, What that really means is we're very white. <laughs> we are. You got that right. Because <laughs> that would never happen in my mom in, in our family. Oh my god. I tried to joke with my mom one time we're calling her uh, like Virginia or Jenny, and yeah. she got so wet. It felt like she saw like red. I never do that to her. It was more like in reference, but yeah. Oh I my hear god! You, I'll ne- I, you know, it's like one of those moments where you re- remember um, like something bad happening. You're like, oh, I can never allow that happen. Oh, you got traumatized. Yeah, it was like a trauma thing. Okay. <laughs> so, no, we have a psychologist joining just us a, just in a trauma 15 response. minutes. By the way. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be talking about how to trick yourself into thinking working from home is fun again. We have our, our favorite therapist, Dr. Josh Claypo, joining us. And you can bring up traumatizing moments with your mom if you want. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. No. We'll see. 15 minutes. Out. We'll see. Um, plus, Andy Cohen is speaking out about his uh, Drunken Year's Eve hosting job on CNN. Now, I watched this live and it was entertaining and also very awkward. But, All I could think about is uh-huh. what if Kathy Griffin did that? There is something to be said, like, I feel sometimes certain people get away with certain things. It's true. Yeah. So that's in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Health insurance plans offered through the Affordable Care Act that exclude coverage of gender-affirming treatment for transgender people are discriminatory. That's according to the Department of Health and Human Services. 
who shared that in an annual policy report scheduled for release this week. The argument is included in the agency's proposal to restore Obama-era non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ plus people accessing ACA healthcare plans for 2023. So very good news about that. And um, now prosecutors are dropping the groping charge against Andrew Cuomo, but says the accuser was credible. Isn't this interesting? Yeah, in a statement, Albany County District Attorney David Soares said that while his office found Cuomo's accuser cooperative and credible, her story deeply troubling, he ultimately didn't feel the case was strong enough to proceed. While many have an opinion regarding the allegations against the former governor, Uh, The office is the only one who has the burden to prove the elements of a crime beyond a reasonable doubt. After review of all the available evidence, we have concluded that we cannot meet our burden at trial. So there you go. Andrew Cuomo, I guess, moving on with his life after that. Somewhat. Now, one TikTok video is showing a positive at-home test after being placed under a running faucet. And it's been viewed more than 10 million times. It's been used to support a variety of false claims across social media platforms as well. So the claim is that pouring water on home COVID-19 tests gives a positive result. According to the Associated Press, that is false. Exactly. You know, that's what uh, TikTok used to do that um, when it came to snowing outside. And people were like, oh, this snow doesn't melt. So it's government officials. Like, it's like people are so weird. Find something better to do. Right. Uh, The AP said the tests are not made to be used with other liquids, including water, will provide inaccurate results in those situations. In addition, the virus that causes COVID-19 has not been detected in drinking water. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, Andy Cohen. He's uh, revealing what he regrets most about his New Year's <laughs> New Year's Eve broadcast. And if you saw it, maybe it should be a lot. Um, it's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, he's dealing with the fallout from his New Year's drunken Eve. The booze-loving Bravo Liberty um, basically issued an apology to Ryan Seacrest. Uh, for bashing his ABC New Year's Eve broadcast team as, quote, a group of losers, while um, he basically downed drink after drink with uh, his best friend Anderson Cooper on CNN's holiday special. Here is what he said on his, um, you know, on his Sirius XM show. Saying, the only thing is that I slammed the ABC broadcast and I really like Ryan Seacrest and he's a great guy and I really regret saying that and I was just stupid and drunk and feeling it and it was, it was, I was continuing the journey rant and I just kept talking and I shouldn't have and I, I, I felt bad about that. So that is the only thing. It's the only thing. Is there anything else you think I should apologize for, John? Well, CNN sure doesn't think so because um, he actually, CNN said that he's going to be back next year. Wow, so they, already. Yeah, so I mean, they're not they're not too much tripping over it. Because I, I, I loved, I never even saw the Ryan Seacrest thing, but I was obsessed with his rant about uh, Bill de Baggio. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, Andy's, yeah. Yeah, Andy's rant. Um, but for yeah, the most part... <laughs> I mean, he's kind. Of, he was kind of. It right, was a viral though. moment. CNN you know, was probably better. It was the be- he, it's always the better broadcast. Well, this is the thing. While he was doing that, it's like it is entertaining because 
In the end, Anderson Cooper is the drier, you know, more, I guess you could say, wholesome one, like this driving and hosting. And then you needed one that's like a bit more out there. So you don't think Anderson, uh, I mean, I understand Andy's not wholesome? Mm, I think he's much the more the edgier one. Yeah, I can agree with that, actually. Um, but I mean, I, I like CNN's broadcast. I thought it was hilarious. and But I, I would like to, you know... Encourage him to think about like, yeah, if this that was Kathy Griffin, maybe she probably would not have had the same opportunity to come back. True. I mean, yeah. I, I do think in general, men and male comedians get away with more than women in general. He's yeah. not a comedian though. That's I mean, the funny comedi- or, or people that try to be comedic that are men. Yeah. Wait, did you see the Miley Cyrus Pete Davidson one? Yeah, I did. I watched some of that as well. But we gotta go. We'll talk about it during our break. Fine, we'll talk about that it. That is your T report. We got more show coming up. Okay, well, next up, how to trick yourself into thinking working from home is fun again. We're here for you. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So now because of COVID, a lot of us need to work from home again. So how do you make it fun? Is it possible? Are we ready for a new way to work from home? Never! Well, it seems very like, yes. <laughs> Never. Never. And you're not really, well, you work from home on your, some of your other projects, but we're here in the studio. Yeah, for the most part. But working from home was honestly one of the worst experiences of my entire life. Like, oh. I, because I was living in a, to give a little feedback, I was giving, I was living in a, like a two-bedroom apartment, but my room was my office. My office was my room. I mean, it was, it was, it felt very claustrophobic. I feel like now that I live by myself, my, I've been able to, you know, create my room and my living room to in my office to be kind of like different, you know, like my desk is in my living room. So wouldn't that be better now if you would start Maybe, but then also I live by myself and like, mm, who knows yeah. if I would get lonely and, and go stir crazy. All I have is me and my dog and half the time she hates me. Hmm, I wonder why. Well, there's a therapist to talk about it. <laughs> Dr. Josh Clavo <laughs> is back with us, clinical psychologist. Follow him at, wait, what's your new Instagram? Do you have a new Instagram? At Mental Drive? Ooh. Yeah, at Mental Drive. Check it out. Um, okay. It's a new project I'm associated with. Yes, at Mental Drive. I don't know if we can help Ryan. Yeah, I mean, no one ever can. Because That's exactly am? what my therapist said as well. <laughs> Take accountability. No, but you know, you know, Ryan's description, I, I was thinking about this before we came on. Ryan's description really nails it. I mean, there are people pretty much that fall into two camps, and it's either this has been awesome, I love working at home, and, you know, there's lots of reasons why, or I can't stand it. Um, and and, and the, the people in the middle, there's far fewer. It's, it, people really are falling one and two camps, and I think the challenge obviously is, if you're one of those people who doesn't like working at home, um, but you are in that position where you're working at home again or still, you really do have to be active to to optimize it for your mental health and well-being because otherwise it will take you down very quickly. Yeah, so how do you make it fun? Is that even possible? I mean, I, I partially feel like the struggle is in making something something that it's not, right? Yeah. Or like right. when... <laughs> In the end, it is just about accepting, like, maybe this situation isn't good, but then how do you just shift your mental state? Is that possible, you know? Well, yeah, and I think, so So, so words matter, semantics matter. You may not be able to make it fun. Um, and, and I think that's part of the problem that people run into is, okay, this is not fun. Well, no, it's not, but can right. we make it? Can we make it better? Mm. Can we make it more meaningful? Can we make it less bad? And that's important because if you think about it, in Ryan's beginning description was really good. I I had one room, and my room was my bedroom and my office, 
and that's all I had, and it felt claustrophobic. Well, that's terrible. I mean, we don't want to be in that situation. So what, what would we do in that situation? You're not going to make it fun, but you can work some things into a situation like that, like making sure that you're stepping outside every hour, taking breaks, where you're getting out of that claustrophobic setting, making sure that you're shutting it down earlier so that there's a mental transition from the, from the workplace to the bedroom when it's all the same. You know, so doing things like that. Yeah. And then I think the other thing is what's hard, particularly for people who, folks who are parents, um, and they're trying to navigate the, you know, on again, off again, in school, out of school, is how do I create space for myself, physical space, and then psychological or social space? That is really important. And that comes down to setting some house rules for yourself um, and for the family. So things like, this is where I work, and, and, and if you interrupt me here, if you're the child, you're in trouble. I'm taking my lunch break now, and I'm going to go sit outside, or I'm going to sit in the other room. Things that we would take for granted, you know, that we wouldn't even think twice, or we don't think we need to do that, we have to implement that so that it it becomes a part of the environment that we have at home. Yeah, you know, I feel like I speak for the people who are like the, their anxiety, even when it comes to like trying to figure out, well, how can I make this a more enjoyable space? Or how can I, what can mm-hmm. I implement to, in my life to figure out, to give myself a little breathing room? You know, I feel like I speak to, for the people who, go crazy over just that thought process being like, well, what if that works for me? What if that doesn't work for me? How am I supposed to nail down on the one thing that is supposed to make this okay? And it just kind of goes into the snow- snowball effect, right? You did. It's the what if, right? You just did it. Well, what if, what if, what if? And they never answer that question, Yeah. right? So so we call it tiny experiments. And, and, and again, we're talking about things, I know it almost sounds ridiculous, but we're literally talking about things like making sure or testing out giving yourself a 20-minute break at 10 a.m. if that doesn't make you feel better. Now, look, it may make you feel great. It may not do a thing. But not testing it out then perpetuates this, well, what if it's not going to work? What if it's not going to work? Yeah. And, and, and so we do need to go down to the basics. We also need to remind ourselves of some of the things that are better about working at home for some people, like, hey, I want to take my shoes off. I can't. Not that that's the most wonderful thing in the world, but that's maybe something I couldn't do at the workplace. Yeah. For me, it's the it's the driving. Like, the driving really okay. cuts into my life. Yeah. It's like the 30 minutes back and forth. That's an hour, right, of my time. And I think, oh, I'd rather maybe go on a jog. Yeah. I'd rather mat- meditate. Like, working from home actually helped me, I feel, oddly enough, but that's also because I don't have kids. Yeah. I live a, sometimes a more balanced life, but also sometimes, like, I wouldn't leave or do anything else other than work. So but there's both sides. To the it. thing that we're talking about here is those like, how does it make our life better or worse? But I feel like we also don't even talk about the sense of like working from home reminds you of the state of the world that we're in. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. It does. But, but you know, you know, this is one of those times where you need to reality check it. And what I mean by that is working at work also reminds you of the state of the world that we're in sure. because People are not there. People are distanced. People are wearing masks. Uh, here's what I recommend to people. If you're really torn and you're, you're kind of burnt out on, a, okay, I, I got to work from home. It doesn't sound fun anymore. It's the classic psychologist thing. I want you to make a list. I want you to force yourself, force yourself to write down what are some of the advantages of working at home, yeah. right? And even if you say there's none, make some stuff up. Write that down. 
And then the other is write down the disadvantages of working at home, okay? And then on the third column, write down, what can I do to make this better? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's two or three things. Because again, as simple as that sounds, what you're forcing yourself to do is to recreate your environment and restructure your thinking process so that you don't spiral in, this is terrible, this sucks, I hate this, this is terrible, etc. That's great advice. Thank you so much. It is. Really, it is about a shift in mindset. That was Dr. Josh Claybo. Find him at Mental Drive on Instagram. Slam dunk. What a way to kick off the year, Dr. Josh. Thank you, guys. Well, next up, couples who overhype their relationship online. Are we into that or not? It's the you. debate is on next. We're talking about you. Oh, hey. hey. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So how do we all really feel about couples who hype up their relationships online? Uh, This was inspired. We're going to give a little credit to The Real, who probably was inspired by someone else. Us. They were inspired by us. (laughs) It's just my big circle. (laughs) Circle of inspiration. (laughs) OMG. So, yeah, I mean... I, this is interesting. And you said going into the break that I inspired this. No, I don't, I, to be honest, that was just a, a, a funny joke for, oh. for me to land some laughs. You okay. Know, you know Cheap me. I'm always thrills here. <laughs> but, you know, I do think, um, you know, there's, I, I, I want to know, actually, before we dive into this, what do you think overhype means in this context? Overhyping relationships online. So. Acting like everything is amazing, you know, and their experience is amazing. Like you're hyping it up to the point where it's like, this is, it's not just too good to be true. It's like, that doesn't feel real. Like, but I also get it. It's like you post highlights of your life. It's a highlight for a reason. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, you know, post a picture of me having an argument at the table with my boy. No, that's like, true. Hey, here's a moment where we hated each other. That's, Thought I would share with everyone. Well, what's the like, difference awkward. between that and you cry, like crying online? Well, actually, I have thought of doing a Q&A with my partner about things like we go through or things that have come up. The problem is, or not the problem, it's the reality is that he's not necessarily into sharing all that stuff. Yeah, and I, so I'm, I'm not respecting either. that. Like. I think he's okay with me sharing maybe a moment and saying something nice, but how he doesn't he want to get feel, too personal. How did he feel when you made him take pictures of you for New Year's? Because I, I just oh no, he's the one that. who was directing that. Oh really? Oh, that's why there was a bit more cleavage than I usually show. <laughs> that was more like he was like, yeah, okay, do this, and then those were going to be private pictures. But then afterwards, I sent them to my um, my person who helps me with my social, and she was like, she's a. a a 20-something woman. Yeah. And she was like, I love these. And there were others. And she specifically loved the ones that he took. <laughs> so I said, why not? And then when I posted it, he was like, oh, yeah, the ones that I directed. Oh, anyway. my God. Well, here's the thing. I am the type of person where even if I'm in a like relationship or I'm dating someone, I'm never going to put it online. Like, I may make, like, little, like, uh, what people call subtweets, where you're like tweeting about situations, but it's not directly at you know said person or you you know the identity of said person that is being talked yeah. about. But I'm just I just for me overhyping and doing that just feels like a facade. It kind of is one of those things when I watch I still watch a lot of YouTubers yeah. where when they have like the family vloggers I 
It was crazy. I tweeted this where I was watching a family vlog and I said, it would be so interesting if someone worked on a documentary that followed the uh, the the uh, the lives of kids who whose parents vlogged. Right. Because I want to know what happens when the camera turns off, because that's when the real stuff is going on. And it's just like there's an amount of privacy that you're automatically taking away from your lives and whoever is a part of that. So interesting that you say that, because for New Year's and I did this, we we spent New Year's last year together. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. uh, In a small bubble. Yes. Safely. And I did record it because I also thought it was very historic. Well, that was. Yeah, that was. And then also this. And it's still we're still living through history. Yeah. So I did record uh, when the clock striked. Well, you know, midnight. Yeah. And uh, I recorded us doing the countdown and Happy New Year. After the fact, I hear from my partner. Is it weird that I'm saying partner? I just say no, I'm trying to. You yeah. know, partner. Yeah. You I know, know you tweeted about all that. the straight people have co-opted partner, so it's fine. Every, let it. Use I it. say if it. we if we are trying to envision a world that's more <laughs> queer, then why not? Go and say it. I also say it because I don't want to. I'll, I'll t- yeah, there's a reason. But uh, so after the fact, I found out. He goes, Oh, yeah, that was a show. And I go, What do you mean it was a show? I was just acting like myself. He goes, Oh, no, I was playing to the camera. Mm-hmm. I knew that you were recording it and it just was inauthentic. And I go, What? Well, that wow. sucks. I'm like, I mean, the thing is, we forget as people that are broadcasting and doing all this stuff, yeah. it could be normal for us. Doesn't yeah. mean it's normal for other but people. But even when it's normal for us, there's still some sort of show that we're putting up. Because I, I think about that as well. And that Chris is so insightful for that. Because for, for me, it's one of those things where, yes, you're being yourself, but behind this mic, in front of the camera, it, there's always an amplified version of what you're giving for entertainment value. Not yeah. saying that it's not really you. That part is a, is you, but it's 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 something to be said about that. There, it, it is a show. It See, is. Here's the thing. I was on a reality show once, like a reality show. Did I tell you this? Um, Confessions of a Travel Writer. It was on the Travel Channel. No, I never knew this. And they had cameras following us all the time. Let me tell you how quickly I forgot about those cameras. And you think, like, well, of course they take shocking. the moments. I was sleeping on all the drives in between every major like destination. <laughs> it was the joke that, and and I thought to myself, well, don't sleep. You don't want to be caught sleeping all the time because yeah. then the cameras are going to cut to you and all that. And so I feel yes, you are when you're aware of cameras there, you will shift. I do think there are some people, and I would say like I'm on the edge where I somehow at a certain point I do get into. It is me. You get me. <laughs> I'm like there yeah. or not on camera. But yes, I, I, I do think I would like to sh- see some people talk in a more real way. And I do think if you have your own brand or whatever, like you're always like me and my man, but me and my the, person. I think that for me is like, what? where's the line? Like, what's the balance? Do you talk about that? Do you, what's the conversation? This is the thing. Had? But we got to wrap unless you want to keep this, this is, going. No, I, I'll just say my one last word. Okay. Do you be you? It's like, that's it. That's it. In the end, I could the, uh, listen. The fortune cookie. I could put in a judgment of do like, you should you. do this, and you should. And this is annoying, but like, whatever feels good for you and feels authentic. Like, and and if it that doesn't, doesn't mean it doesn't feel. It's not toxic just because it feels good to but, you in the moment. Well, then just be, just be aware and like reflect on it. Reflect on how much and why you're doing it, and I think you'll come to the end. Our producer's gonna kill us for being. Over. Okay. Well, next up. <laughs> Would you spend hundreds on a billboard to find a partner? Would this one bachelor did? More crazy things we do for relationships next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So a bachelor in the UK was really desperate to find a partner. 
So he did something I don't think a lot of people have ever done. He spent several hundred dollars on multiple, probably thousands actually, on multiple billboards in an attempt to get the word out. That he's single and ready to mingle? Yeah, it's actually kind of sad, but also very... Sad as in like pity him? Well, I feel bad because he's actually asking, save me from an arranged marriage. Yeah, I mean, but... But isn't that an arranged, like a version of an arranged marriage? Well, he's trying to do it himself instead of his family. Someone responds to your billboard, that's basically an arranged marriage. No, it's... They're seeing it, they're inspired, they want to know more. It features a website also that he set up called findmalikawife.com. I I love this. And the no. site is actually really nice. And it goes, no, this isn't a joke. It says about me. This is like a site for a business. Video about me, who I'm looking for, and FAQs. And there's also a referral part that says find me a wife. If someone wants to, you know, chat. Does he? Did he think that this was going to make him, like, even more, like, attractive or available? Like, I people think this would is want- actually... Really cute. I, I really, I would be intrigued if someone, you know, if the, if uh, this was my style, if I was into this and I was looking, I might. Oh, there's a video. Try this out. Oh, you're gonna play it. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Fine. What's findmalikawife.com? Listen, if you're listening, you're interested. You can go on the site. Go on over to the UK. I don't know. I think this. I'm gonna give my thoughts after we we. We play his cute little, the man behind the billboard. Here's what he has to say. Oh, oh. Child, he got a fine. Wait a second. <laughs> he has a cute voice. Wait. Yep. Okay. Same. All of these things. No, he said her. Very specific. And now this is being picked up by, like, New York Post and the whole world. I mean, I'm assuming he's getting a lot of inquiries. I'm not going to say, oh, my God, he is actually quite delicious. I'm saying, yeah, exactly. I I think I take back everything. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. No, but I have to say, you know, when he takes off his hat, he's not as cute. But when he wears a hat, he's cute. But here's the thing. I just do find there is a little bit, it is a little weird that he's doing this, but, um, you know, I think this guy, I'm surprised he's having issues. You finding someone. Wow, he is a delicious man. All of us have our own issues. You never know. Maybe he shouldn't just subject himself to just, you know, just to women. Open open your eyes. You should should message him (laughs) on his site. Give him oh. some insights. I'm sure he's getting lots of messages. I mean, right do now. you hear that voice? Find him a wife. I'm sorry. Any sort of like British voice also has always got me. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. All right, I think we need to wrap things up. We're just like going over. Oh God, we gotta go. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Old world who just turned 119. Wow. I mean, I've said that I want to live at least until 111. It's a lucky number. But 111 I, is your lucky number? Well, 111 is a lucky number. It's like a, an angel number. You never heard about that? 1111, this, that. A 111? Well, that's why. It's the same thing. I can't obviously live till 1011. That would be cool. Well, anyway, and uh, this oldest person in the world, she's living in Fukuoka, Japan. Uh, and her name is Kane Tanaka. She, uh, 
she revealed what kept what keeps her alive, right? And how she spends her days now. So she, yeah, because I know her bones are like ready to break. <laughs> that Honestly, is unfair. No, it's 111. Of course, anybody's bones. Unless she's taking like really good like biotin and like <laughs> you know multivitamins. So she lives in a rest home. She wakes up at 6 a.m. Spends part of her day studying math. This is actually fascinating. She loves solving number puzzles and playing board games. That keeps your brain going. I'm telling you. We got to do more of that, right? Puzzles? Something to keep our brain going. Like, something different. It's true that th- this type of stuff, if you keep learning, it keeps your brain young. It keeps you from getting dementia. Actually, okay. Alzheimer's. She enjoys carbonated drinks and chocolate. Oh, same. I do, too. There you go. <laughs> she was also, she said, she reportedly eats two pounds of chocolate a week. Okay, girl. Oh, I actually, mean, I... no, no. Someone else. Wait. Someone else who uh, lived until 122 also liked chocolate. So that oh, so seems to be a recurring thing. thing. All right. Okay. Well, then, here's the thing. I think it's quite exciting that she was able to achieve such a milestone. You know, Betty White was so close. And um, I can't help but think of her when we're talking about a story oh, like this. But either way, congratulations. I hope she continues to live a beautiful life and continue to see generations on generations evolve. But if she lives past 120, someone's going to have to put her down. Maybe, oh, that's horrible. 121 <laughs> is also a lucky number. That's just intense. Like, 120, she should want to be put down. <laughs> put down? <laughs> what, she's like an animal? No, not like an animal. But, you know, like when, you know, when you can go to the hospital and be like, please, it's time. Listen. I uh, give it, uh, what's it called? Uh, what? A big, a big congrats to Keen Tanaka. Oh, a yes queen? A yes queen. How dare no, you? No, I tip my hats. I was, trying to, I was trying to remember. I tip my she hats. She literally forgot the No, I was trying to remember the tip my hat type of situation. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I hope you live many years unlike Ryan here. That does it for our show today. No and one wants to live that long. Our yes queen of the day. Uh, we we appreciate you. Thanks for joining us and hanging out with us. Also, a shout out to my mom who's listening in oh, Hawaii. Uh, she can't listen live when she's in Canada, but now she's here in the U.S. So, hello, mom. Hi. We are back tomorrow live here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking about how you're probably going to get COVID at some point, according to this one writer. So, how to emotionally prepare yourself. Oh, gosh. That's so... And why we push away those we love most and how to deal with that because they don't deserve that and we don't either. That's on tomorrow's show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There to find that. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris where he's talking about when you gaslight yourself and how to not do that next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.